Hello and welcome to Radiavi, broadcasting live from Apex Alder Ridge here in Woodenville. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and I am here with guest co-host Ryan from PAPS. Hello. Hello, Kathy. With um, she is our expert in um, being a socially savvy neighbor. I'm getting a lovely look. And then Jamie from um, Eyelash Boutique over in Kirkland. So. they're all here to talk with me about what it is to be socially savvy neighbors and um, the people and the stories about not being socially savvy neighbors. So I think we all have like three or four of those. Um, so hello, everybody. Um, today's show is brought to you by Apex um, and Fuse. Um, our first on-air wine tasting is provided by Apex. It is their um, Sangiovese. It is a 76% Sangiovese. It also has um, Barbera and Cab Franc in it. So everybody here is going to get a chance to taste it. And I'm dropping things. Actually, that first one's a Sauvignon Blanc. A Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. So I guess <laughs> she's swapping it out right now. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but my first time I tried a Sangiovese was probably about a month ago. I'd never had one before. Um what about you guys? I don't think I've drank theirs yet. Not theirs? Okay. Oh, thank you so much. So, everybody, what do you guys think of this fabulous weather we finally got here while we're pouring the wine? It's about time. Yes. It's perfect wine drinking weather, I think. Well, the um, weatherman keeps threatening us with rain, so I've been mentally preparing myself every day. I was I was prepared for it, especially today. I thought it was supposed to be rainy and cloudy, and so I was really happy when I showed up here. And, and Apex has this great view. I mean, they, they've got windows all up the front, and you get to see sunshine streaming in, so it's truly wine country today. So the Sangiovese, the 2008 by Apex, is naturally bounded on the north um, by the Yakima Valley Appalachians and on the south by the Columbia River, Horsehaven Hills, and was officially designated as an AVA in 2005. Its proximity to the Columbia River and its distinctive topography um, moderate the extreme temperatures of the area and provide steep south-facing slopes for quick-draining loamy soils. This is a medium-intensity, ruby red color. Cherry and raspberry aromas are met by nuances of truffle oil, leather, and spice. Integrated oak, 100% French, this wine is bright and juicy, whilst round and generous, allowing for an even-textured mouthfeel and persistent finish. What do you guys think? Uh, my first thought was I could definitely taste the cherry, uh, almost like a dark cherry. Yeah, um, I got like spicy on my tongue, and I've never had this one before. Even like I'm the apex all the time, drink wine. Yeah, I am. Um, delicious. I think it's perfect. Well, and I didn't realize, but Sangiovese is the primary grape in Chianti, which a lot of if you go eat a lot of Italian food, you know that the house wine is always a Chianti. So this is exceptionally good with Italian foods. Um, I don't know. I think for cheese and crackers and stuff, it would be nice, too. Just, it's not too heavy. It's really nice. Yeah, maybe a good bruschetta. Ooh, yes. Bruschetta. Ooh, that would be really fresh and juicy. Like it. Thank you, Apex. <laughs> okay, so today, um, our topic, we're going to be talking mostly about what it is to be a socially savvy neighbor or socially unacceptable unsavvy neighbor. Uh, the things that people do, and again, so much of this really comes down to people communicating and our communication skills as a culture kind of um, are on the lacking side, or for a better word, they suck. (laughs) I think if people start going back to the attitude of um, be nice and and try to think about what somebody else is going through or or how what you're doing may affect them, you'd find a lot less issues. Nowadays, it's sending a text with a frowny face. Yes, exactly. So the food for thought, the socially savvy food for thought is when dealing with a conflict, remember, sugar goes down easier than vinegar. Approach problems with a positive mindset instead of a confrontational attitude. Um, This is a reminder for me. (laughs) I get my panties in a bunch a lot when people step out of bounds or are rude to somebody. I'm one of the first ones to step in and go, hey, knock that off. Um, But it was actually my sister was one of the, the few people to remind me that I needed to be sweeter. So... Yeah, I'm getting a retarded grin right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Okay, socially 
Unsavvy Neighbors. Now, this was really fun. We had um, we put this out on Facebook, and we're going to be doing this more with Socially Savvy, putting out what the topics are to get some of our listeners' feedback and some of their stories because, again, we all have some of these events that have happened, and it's always nice to hear that other people are having the problems and sometimes hear how the results came out. So the first Socially Unsavvy Neighbor story was from Amanda, and she said, I have a neighbor that hucks horrid raspy-sounding loogies in the bushes off his porch. The sound sends the yapping dog two doors down barking like a mad dog, which sets off the other yapping dog down below, which then sets off the deep-woofed big dog down the end of the building. It finally goes quiet, then loogie dude does it again, and the whole cycle repeats. (laughs) Seriously, think of getting a pellet gun to shoot at him when he does it, because drinking wine and pretending it doesn't exist isn't working anymore. (laughs) Okay, I just have to put it out there. Why would you go and take the time to go out on your porch and maybe he wants some fresh air after destroying his throat? <laughs> I, you know, and if you, I don't know. I'm just to to shoot it at somebody else's trees, especially if you live in city, because you're like you're already on top of each other. I don't know. So sorry, Amanda. And if we can, if we ever meet this guy, we'll try to say something to him and ask him politely if he can hawk him in his toilet. And that's what, yeah, or think and, and wash it out. And yeah, well, it's like one of the other hosts, she's saying she'd knock on the door and have a few words with him. And you could also um, take, a, a, you could also tape this show and um, put it on a little recorder and leave it on his front porch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second story is from Michelle. Um, she came home from work one day and found a dog stuff in her yard. It didn't happen just once. So finally her neighbor went and talked to the neighbor who denied it right in front of them off the bat. However, after the next day, they never found anything in the yard again. Some things that just make you go, hmm, okay. Well, at least you, you know, confronted it, and whether they denied it or not, it's taken care of. If it happens again and you find out, what I would do is video record it. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, and this we've talked about this previously on the show, too. If you know, if you have an inkling that you... Uh, may have done something wrong, try, 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 try to have a different approach instead of um, being so defensive. And, and again, you know, my husband is always the first one to say, you know, you're a little bit defensive with things. Yeah, I can be. Um, but to, to try to take it from the, the approach that if somebody's taking the time to say something to you, they value enough your the relationship or the proximity. If it's a neighbor, they value you enough to say something instead of just making trouble for you. And I think if we start looking at it from the aspect that even though somebody's coming to us with information we don't want to hear, the fact that they're coming to us is a compliment and take it as such, even though you don't like what it is they're saying, you know, do something positive. Make it a positive. Make it something that, you know, hey, I'm so sorry, you know, did you ever have dogs? Sometimes I don't know how to do about it and, you know, runs off and I can't get them. You you can use it as a conversation and get to reach out and know somebody instead of as a, a way of putting a wall between you and somebody who you have to look at, you know, every other day when you're walking in your house. Yeah, you don't want to, like, call authorities or landlords or something like that right off the bat because then you start causing problems and then, then the war begins. Well, and one of our guests here, having been a landlord, how, I mean, how many calls like that did you get a day on silly, goofy, just dumb stuff? Eight hours a day. <laughs> Eight hours a day. <laughs> Sometimes at night when I was sleeping. <laughs> just just people being unsavvy neighbors. Oh, yeah. I've entered apartments and actually um, had to go inside and listen to the neighbor's wall to see what was going on so that I have proof because they didn't think that I believed them. People deny everything, don't they? Oh, yeah. That's okay. I just told them to talk to each other. By the time they were done, they were barbecuing together. See, and that, and that's a good thing. You know, you again, try to make a positive out of it. You remember that day when I banged on your window? See, I'm lucky enough I can just bribe people with beer. See, yeah, like you have a good, yes, you have a, a good position. It's like, hey, I'm sorry, here's a six-pack. Uh, yeah, actually, I used to have keggers for my residence. <laughs> Everybody, let's just be friends. We all love each other. The margaritas were out. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, okay, and then our last listener, Cameron, uh, he, and I love this guy. He has such a, a cool approach on things. Um, his ye- neighbor had yelled at him through the fence once because he thought he was throwing dog stuff into his yard. His fence is so tall, he had to climb onto a bucket so he could actually look this neighbor in the face. He was so angry until I told him that there were other dogs in the neighborhood, not just mine. 
I then held out my hand and said, we have to live next to each other. So I wanted him to know that I wasn't lying to him. He shook my hand and that was it. I felt pretty gentlemanly about it at the moment, but now I just think about him as a douchebag. Who yells like that? <laughs> and I have to say, you know, I, I liked the way he approached it and handled it. You know, if, I guess to me that's a really good way of handling it is go in, be diplomatic, get everything resolved, then go back and you can kind of, you know, let loose with, oh, my God, I just wanted to choke him. I can't believe he was being so rude, blah, blah, blah. But if you take the upper road, you take the high road, you're always going to end up in a much better position than if you start throwing stones. And, I mean, we've had issues with neighbors that were just beyond reproach because somebody, just one person, couldn't, you know, take it down a notch. Well, and if you're the bigger man, then maybe they go back and be like, oh, maybe I was kind of an a-hole to that guy. And, you know, maybe they'll start treating you a little nicer and a little more respect later on. Well, yeah, just like the story with the dog, you know, they just fixed the problem, even though they, they didn't have the courage to say, yeah, I'm sorry, that was probably my dog. You know, And here's the thing. If you want to take it to a very technical thought process, if it's an animal and they're leaving something behind, that's DNA proof and very easy to, to, to prove. So. I actually threatened to do DNA testing on the feces. Because somebody because was... a resident. Oh, my God. I was going to charge him $25 a pop. You know, and so that's you know, if you want, if you're the type of person who has to have a very realistic approach of why you're going to be nice, just understand that everything leaves evidence, and if somebody wants to prove that you've been doing something that you were doing, they're going to find a way to do it. So if you leave that burning bag on the doorstep, make sure it's not your dog's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not such a great idea. <laughs> that is too funny. So. If any of our listeners are online and have a um, neighbor story that they would like to tell us, we are on chat as well as we do have our phone lines open. So feel free to give us a call if you have a uh, neighbor story that you would like to tell us. I always love hearing other people's stories. They crack me up. It's like my life is uh, not so um, unusual, I guess, when you start to hear other people. Um, okay, socially acceptable and unacceptable, brought to you by Kind Bars, delicious, healthy, and gluten-free snack bars. Uh, today's socially acceptable is uh, to communicate to close neighbors about large events so they can be prepared. If they don't like it, tough. But if they know about it, they can plan for it. I think a lot of us, especially when we're looking at having um, what we would consider a rowdier party, we just figure, you know, if we don't sing anything, maybe the music won't be too loud, or maybe the people won't... But if you go out and you're in a tighter neighborhood, like in a Seattle or something, and you go out and say, you know, five, six, seven doors down, hey, we're going to be having a party. It's the 50th for my father. It's my son's 18th. It's whatever. Um, I just thought I would let you know in case you were going to be trying to get in and out so that you wouldn't be late and you could make plans. When you take the time to reach out and do something like that, even if the music is annoying, they're going to have a really hard time calling you on that because they're going to go, well, you know, they did tell us they were going to do it. Well, I guess we can deal with it for one night. It's it's like a reverse psychology guilt trip. Oh. As long as it is only like on occasion. On occasion, Because I live correct. in an apartment and you can hear, I had some neighbors, they must have just gotten a Xbox Connect and I could hear them for weeks on end before finally somebody complained. I just kept turning on my TV, but somebody complained where we all had notes on our doors saying keep it down. So, I mean, if it's a once in a, once in a while thing, then yeah, but if it's like in every other weekend, there, if you're in an apartment living, that's going to be a problem even if you are telling people. Oh, yeah, no, and again, you, there's exceptions, you know, if you're doing something once in a while, that's what we're talking about, but you know, seriously, there's a reason that they have great Bose headphones out there, and there's splitters, and there's wireless, there's no reason that the neighbor needs to hear your racket, so just... If you're having a party, my my way around it, whenever I've had parties for business or at my house, would be to... Maybe invite the neighbors. Yep, that was that's on the socially acceptable. Yeah, bring them in, and then they'll feel better about it. Maybe a good way to get to know your neighbors at the same time too. Yep, exactly. Your dog has been going back in their yard for the last year. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's one of the things I was going to say is you know to to alleviate problems like that. Yes, go and invite the neighbors because again. They've been invited to the party, so, oh, I can't believe that music. And you go, well, George, we could go down to the party. We were invited. Oh, I can't call the police now. You know, you, there's, you open up the door to being polite and kind. Even if they're boring people, it doesn't matter. You know, they'll either find their way through the party or they won't. But, you know, the, the more you reach out, the, the better off you are. So, yes, I like that. That's always a good one. 
Okay, now, my favorite part, love this one, uh, Socially Unacceptable, brought to you by Pop Chips. Never fried, never baked, think popped. It is socially unacceptable to complain about the street parking in front of your house because you don't own it. Now, the exception to that rule is if somebody, and I'm not going to say what demograph because unfortunately my heritage is part of it, um, have a tendency to park in front of your place every single day, then yes, most definitely. But when somebody is having friends over a barbecue or a dinner party or uh, it doesn't even matter what it is, the street parking isn't yours. And for some strange reason, people seem to think that they have rights to the middle of the street. <laughs> you, this here, you can't have. And we have, I'm looking at one of the other hosts, and we know somebody who quite literally put white marks <laughs> in the street. Didn't she put like a handicap sign out too? Yeah, a handicap sign on and white marks on the street saying private parking. And this is a private residence. And they had no right. <laughs> It's a public street. Well, that's something you can just straight up call the city if, it, if yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> Doesn't mean you still can't call the city anonymously. Yeah, it just it cracks me up people's thought process and in, in that people don't our generations don't like to share right now. We don't like to share anything. Not a thing. Not our grass. <laughs> I'm surprised we like to share our mail. I share everything. My door's always unlocked. <laughs> Mine was for a really long I got time. Lots of people coming and going. <laughs> Mostly their children. <laughs> I feed them. That's always funny how that works, too. Okay, here's a big, huge one. This is one of my personal pet peeves. It is socially unacceptable to leave your garbage and recycle cans out all week, all the time. Why would you want to be that neighbor? I mean, does it really kill you to walk down, walk your garbage? I mean, you have to drag the garbage bag down if you don't bring the garbage can up. Just never hire the kid down the street. Give him a, a buck fifty to wheel it back and forth for you. It's the uh, way that society seems to be going with the laziness. I just oh. exercise though. You're going back and forth every time you got a can. I know. Well, if, if they're balanced, they're really well balanced. So you can actually do your recycle and your garbage in each hand. You can play. You can play hoops with it. So, yes, totally socially unacceptable. Now, if you're going to be on vacation, okay, I can understand. Maybe you don't get back in time. But, again, you know, try to get a neighbor to grab it because you've got things like animals. And it's not just somebody else's dogs or cat because typically people say, well, your dog got into my garbage. A lot of people don't realize, even in the city, it's not dogs. It's raccoons. It's um, coyotes. It's possums. These animals, they don't have any rules and regulations. And if you have ever watched a raccoon come up to your door, they don't care who you are. They can get into pretty much anything also. Yes, and, and I walked out, and there were two of them. I walked out on in our place, and we have the garbage out there, and they just looked at me like, what you going to do about it? I'm like, this is my other. My husband went and got the little shotgun. But those are things you know that you can do to make your neighborhood more comfortable. And, and also, by putting that stuff away, your chances of having things like cougars and bears and raccoons and stuff in your neighborhood decreases because there's nothing there for them to go get. Well, and it's a visual thing, too. I mean, do you really want to see other people's garbage laying out there and the recycle bins all day long, every day? I know. I don't like the blue and the green. I'm sorry. It's uh, so socially unacceptable. And finally, oh, no, we did cover this. It's socially unacceptable to park your car in front of somebody's house all the time. Yes, we did touch base on that one. Yeah, love that. Okay. Socially savvy. Um, <laughs> I like this. Uh, socially stupid moments of the week. Anybody have any socially um, stupid neighbor stories? Where, where you're just like, I can't believe they were that stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I know you have one, Kathy. I'm thinking. <laughs> this is way too many. have a decent one. Okay, well, while you're thinking on that, I am going to introduce um, one of our guest hosts again here. Um, hello, Jamie. My brain just went woohoo um, from Eyelash Candy Boutique. And you have this amazing little boutique over in Kirkland. And you started out in this cute little small space doing makeup and lash extensions. And what else? Waxing. Waxing. And cosmetic peels. And parties. And party. Oh, par- okay. You know what? Tell me about the parties. So basically, we cater to 
whatever group of women would like a party. So if it's, you know, young teenagers, we can have a birthday party and provide them with snacks and drinks and teach them how to do their makeup and maybe do eyebrow waxes or something like that. And then we do bachelorette parties. So we'll go and get a, you know, day pass liquor license and provide wine and champagne and appetizers and do makeup, lessons, just applications, kind of a place for the ladies to pre-funk and kind of get ready together before they go out. Um, That'd be a really good, fun birthday party idea to get the no, girls yeah. together and, and then have all the guys meet with the bar. That's what they've done. <laughs> they've had a driver meet them all at our place and pick them up and take them off. We've had several parties, and they're so much fun because a lot of women don't have the knowledge about makeup or even eyelash extensions. So for a day for a girl to be in a place that's all theirs, comfortable, getting the beauty services that their friends are doing at an affordable rate. Right. It's so much fun. Well, and these days, too, with everything um, becoming, we are a very social culture, and when times get tough, we have a tendency to become more social because that, you know, our finances may be limited, so we try to make our finances go even farther by wrapping them up into a social event. So by applying a service and having, you know, making it social, that just, that works all the way around. And you have a great location over in downtown Kirkland, so you're within walking distance of the um, waterfront. Yeah, right by the marina, and we have our own parking spots. They're actually designated. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really nice, you know. And, you know, typically it's not too difficult unless you're trying to get there on a Friday night or or the day the market runs. (laughs) Yeah, the Wednesday market, you got to get there early. Wednesday market is a little crazy. Um, So recently you added some more space, and then you added some new services. Yeah, so we started out at 774 square feet August of last year, and now we've just expanded 882 more square feet Wow! as of August of this year. So, And we also added four new employees. Two of them are receptionists, um, front desk um, to help our growing clientele, and then two more um, estheticians and cosmetologists. So not only are we going to have a total of six people doing eyelash extensions, makeup, waxing services. We're also going to have another girl offering hair extensions. Now, the hair extensions and the hair feathers and all those, those are the brand new trend. They're hot, they're fun, and they're really easy. Yeah. I mean, the longest it would take, I, Heather, our, one of our new girls, the cosmetologist, to do hair extensions would be like three hours. Oh, wow. And she has several methods of doing it, depending on what your needs are, your daily use. And um, some people just want a little bit more volume in their hair. They don't want the length. They don't want the long Barbie locks, you know, and some people want that. So she's able to provide a service to fit anybody. Right. And your approach on it, I thought was really interesting because typically I, when I was looking at wanting to do hair extensions, I would go and they say, well, it's this much if you want this long, it's this much if you want this long. And instead of doing that, she sits down, she tailors it, the budget and everything to you. Exactly. So you basically call the front desk, make a 30 minute, appointment for a consultation, which is free, of course, and you go and you sit with her and you have a conversation. She gets to know what your daily routine is like, what the fit would be better for you. There's different application techniques and, um, you know, she'd be the ultimate authority on it um, as I'm not a licensed cosmetologist. I'm an esthetician, but um, right. there's different different processes, different ways to do it, and everybody kind of wants to be listened to and exactly what they need. They don't want to go in and say, I want extension, you know, kind A or B or C. They don't, yeah, they don't want to be thrown in like everybody. Yeah, they want, they don't we want to be, want to be treated individually exactly. right, so and served. She'll tell you exactly how much hair she's going to need to get you, how long your appointment's going to last, and how long the service will take so you can plan your day around the appointment. Now, if I understand correctly, too, um, I know, again, when I've checked into it, they have like seven or eight colors to choose from. It sounds like she has a barrage to make sure that the match is like right in there. Yeah, and she can blend them. She has, she showed me her little color ring mm-hmm. of hair samples, and there were probably 60 different colors. Wow. Everything from, like, platinum blonde, five different, six different shades of black, um, and every color of the rainbow. I mean, pink, blue. Wow. Every color. And if you want to blend your colors, a lot of people have different colors in their hair. So if you wanted, like, a dark blonde with a light blonde or... Or a somebody with a red or, or highlights yeah. or something, you can just blend yeah. that right in there. Yeah, definitely. She can put them in, and the, the hair strands that she's been using, um, it makes it so discreet. Um, I like that. You, you can't see it. I don't. I have to really look 
and ask people directly because I just don't know anymore. So, you know, with the lash extensions and the hair extensions, um, you know, there's always these different um, fears, you know, urban legends. And, you know, if you do this, your eyelashes are going to fall out or your hair is going to fall out. What would be um, the biggest, uh, I I guess I should say, uh, false rumors out there that you would like to squish that you think stop people from having fun with some of these things? Well, I think one of the biggest questions that our clients come in with concerns if our, I mean, hair extensions and eyelashes, well, are they going to ruin my eyelashes? Well, no. Um, now, if you're picking at them and tugging on them, you're picking and pulling your own hair out. So Right. It's no different it than if you were be, doing it without the extension. Exactly. So people sometimes feel like they have to touch them. We say don't touch them. Leave them alone. They're an extension. They're gonna, the extension's going to fall out when it's ready to fall out with your natural lash. Um, same with hair. Don't pull and tug on... If you want it out, you should go to a professional and have them take it off. Mm-hmm. We have removers and solvents for the hair extensions and the eyelash extensions. And it's a safe way to do it where you're not damaging the eyelash. And when people mention breakage, you hear about hair breakage, yeah. eyelash breakage. Right. A person only breaks their own eyelash by tugging on it at the base mm-hmm. or cutting it. That's how breakage is created. It doesn't. It's not created by the extension or the glue is not degenerating the lashes no. or anything. No. It's not because damaging lashes, the lash base. It's no. not preventing it from growing. And we don't even touch the lash base. That's another thing. We don't touch the skin with the extension or the adhesive. So it's about a millimeter away. And your eyelash is constantly growing and regenerating. Um, we try to be conservative with the lengths we put on people. We definitely have a method of how we do our business as far as we don't stack tons of eyelashes. Mm-hmm. You know, one eyelash to one extension. Um, and try to just, you know, dissolve everybody's fears because there's a lot of, frankly, bad places that do bad yeah. eyelashes, do bad hair extensions. And if you're you're adding it, making it worse, if you're tugging on it or tugging on your eyelashes or plucking them out. That, yeah, that's you doing it. And, no, that's yeah, got and nothing besides to do with, that, yeah. I mean, that's honestly it. I wouldn't have been doing this. I've been wearing them for five years now, yeah. and I have not had any problems. I know, and I've had mine since September. Um, I got them for my birthday and my anniversary, and I love them. I mean, they're feather light. I don't even know that they're there. I don't have to wear mascara, and I feel like I have eyes again. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's awesome. I, I know I've had so many people ask, you know, well, what is, does it do this? Does it do that? And there's a lot of fear wrapped up in those types of things. People think that if it has got a benefit, it's got to have a negative to it. And, you know, the only negative is, is do I buy a lot of coffee or do I buy my lash extensions? <laughs> That's exactly right. I I mean, when I was paying to get my lash extensions done before I became trained and certified, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy a coffee pot and I'm drinking coffee at home and I'm going to start using regular gas instead of super premium <laughs> you know, and, and now that I look back on it, it's not that expensive. I mean, $65 for a fill, you're in there once or twice a month, you could make room for that in your budget. Yeah. And the more you take care of them, it is what it is at the end of the day. There's yeah. not a, like a huge science behind it. It's just choices. Exactly. So so I know that you have some specials going on for a very, very short time now because you guys are getting so backlogged. Um, tell us what the lash extension and um, you have a new makeup um, application, especially you guys are running too for our socially savvy listeners. Yeah, so we have, um, like I said, two new girls, Heather and Brandy, who've joined us, and they will be doing eyelash extensions for probably the next two weeks at a reduced rate. Um, they are newer, however, they've already had over 80 hours of experience. So um, that's us standing over their shoulder, watching everything they're doing, critiquing, picking apart, telling what they're doing right and wrong. Um, I've had one of the girls do my eyelashes already, and she's a fabulous job. So what their goal right now is they're working on their speed. So your appointment will take a little bit longer, but we're offering you a rate of $100 for a full set and 50 for a fill. And regularly it's 150 and 65. That's awesome. So honestly, I don't see us offering that rate for the ne- over the next two weeks. So I would recommend your listeners to call. Come in and get those. As soon as possible and mention socially savvy, and then we'll definitely honor it. Awesome. And then also um, all the gals on board love makeup they love doing makeup we're having so much fun we use uh, glow minerals and lola cosmetics so your listeners also can come book appointment and we'll do it for half off which is 
the $40 values. So they can come in, wow. pay $20 for oh my a makeup application. And if they buy $20 worth of cosmetics, we'll waive that that application fee. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Well, and, you know, also for, we have, uh, what is it, you know, have your daughters come in because we've got um, homecoming coming up. Start booking those appointments. I mean, I work in the retail industry, and I know that everybody tries to rush to the counters and get those free makeovers, um, but you can't get in. There gets a point. They only take so many appointments. So for $20 to come in and have your makeup done, wow. Well, and what's even better is um, last year, you know, we opened in August, and my first makeup application happened to be a vampire look for Halloween. I mean, oh, and it was fun. so fun. Yeah, so, I, I mean, those. you can do Halloween, you know, homecoming, all that. We, I've had tons of high school girls come in, and I say, if there's somebody you'd like to look like, bring me a picture in a magazine to show me the look that you like, and I'll match that exactly. And it's the best way for us to know what you like because we don't know when you come in without any makeup on. Right. You're like, heavy. What is it you want? Yeah. What do you want to look like? So. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here and, you know, kind of dispelling some of those nasty rumors about lash extensions and hair extensions that there really isn't an issue, and yeah. it's, except for you pulling it out yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan, I think you need to get your lash appointment in. Seriously, yours are looking a little short. Uh, no, I tend to kind of need to pull some Are you out. a puller? <laughs> and I don't need hair extensions either. I grew my hair out for a year one time to be an Elvis. Play Elvis. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have to worry about the hair extensions or add-ons, those fortunately. Of, those of, uh, of, of you who've been socially savvy listeners for a long time would recognize Ryan, our mixologist from Blast and Paps. He um, comes in and, and mixes fabulous cocktails for listeners when they come to some of our events and um, spoils them with Paps and Rainier beer. So we like you. You're cool. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> okay, so did we have any um, sore, you know, scary stories here? Look at one of our hosts. They were thinking. They're they're debating. I have lots of scary stories. Being a socially unsavvy neighbor. Well, Think, things that people should maybe be aware of to to not be that neighbor. The whole goal oh. of being socially savvy is you don't want to be that neighbor. You want to be the one that is better than that. How about um, well, lots of people that live upstairs in apartments. For some reason, they think it's okay to leave their dogs outside on the patio. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And if the patio has openings down to the downstairs patio... Oh, Lord, I see what That's not going. a good thing. <laughs> I oh. have a resident that was drinking her coffee one morning <laughs> and got a surprise in it. <laughs> yeah, she knocked on their door real quick. Maybe oh. a little more sour and bitter than she oh, wanted. Oh, boy, coffee. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that actually that is a great example of not really knowing the after effect. That's a good point. If you're a socially savvy neighbor, be aware that no dogs or cats on the where things could leak down. Well, they could take them for a walk. It's like their kid. Well, yeah. They're you would supposed to walk them. Yeah, that's true. I just throw my cat outside and say, do your business. <laughs> you throw your cat. So do they, just on their porch where yeah. there's slats that... Okay, here we go. I know I love this. So we're on this topic of animals and them using the bathroom in their neighbor's yard. So um, I had been to my mom's house and her dogs, she said, oh, the dogs got out again. I said, well, I'll go help you find them. And they came running back and one of them had a little Safeway bag tied around his collar. And I what is going on? So we went up to see what the dog had tied to his collar, and the dog had a um, his own bathroom that he messed in the neighbor's yard. The neighbor oh picked it up with a Safeway bag and tied it in his collar and sent the dog home. Okay, you know what? I think that is socially savvy. I think that was an amazingly cool way to deal with that. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a little balance between... Passive and aggressive, but they they were I don't know assertive at the same time by saying, "Hey, I know your dog's pooping in my yard. Here so you go. You can have it back. And if the dog gets out and goes in their yard and does it, the neighbors will do it every time. That's I, awesome. I love that. Okay, you know, hands off to that neighbor. I love those are the stories that we love. We love it's like hello. So the next time somebody else's dog comes into your yard, just pick it up and tie it to the dog. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That is a very um, non-confrontational way for, and there's a lot of very passive-aggressive people out there. So if that's how you're comfortable dealing with, hey, I think that is great. 
Oh, wow. Life is funny. Okay. Um, what went on last week? Well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, with the sunshine, I was not attending a whole lot of events. I uh, headed to the east side to enjoy some extreme sun, is what I call it. But I did go to um, Petite Creek Cellars Grand Opening, um, FETA over here, just down the way from Apex. And uh, one of the things I love so much about the Woodenville Wine Country is all of the wineries are so supportive of each other. Um, they really in, enjoy saying, hey, you know, go check out these guys. They're new down here. And, and, you know, we've got this wine tasting dinner. We've got our winemaker coming in. As a community, they're they're really great about supporting because if all, if one is succeeding and all of them are succeeding, then, you know, they're going to continue to grow. Um, coming down here and wine tasting in, in Woodenville isn't just an event. You know, it's an experience. And it's one that every time you come down, it's different. And each tasting room has their own culture. They have their own feel. And every time you have one added, it is just that much more fun. So um, we want to say congratulations and uh, really good, fun people down there. Has, did anybody get a chance to make it down there? Do you guys? No. I was I in a putt-putt tournament and pub crawl. Oh, tell us about your pub crawl. Oh, I was waiting was, to hear about it that. It wasn't because. last Friday. It was the Friday before. First okay. Friday of the month. Uh-huh. Um, it was a lot of fun. Not quite the turnout. We were hoping some people said they were going to be there and weren't. Um, but it was also the first one that we threw together in two weeks. Wow. Um, so PBR is the sponsor. And uh, it's the Pedicab Pub Crawl that we're doing in Pioneer Square. First okay. Friday of the month, um, starting at Hooverville. Um, you pay... This one we just kind of wanted to get people going, um, but generally it'll be twenty or twenty-five dollars. I think twenty if you sign up early, twenty-five dollars if you don't. But that uh, gets you a wristband um, and four hours with the wristband at each of the stops. You get your first PBR for like a dollar or a dollar fifty. Oh, nice! And then um, it in- the it also includes your the four hours you're riding on the pedicab for free. Between the bars, to and from. Okay, so you're so, not. Which you're I not heard is a great deal. I was gonna say you're not actually crawling. You no. are that raw. The pedicabs are actually a lot of fun. I think that was the first time I took one, and it was fun going from bar to bar. And we set it up certain distance to where you're getting your money's worth instead of walking. You're you're needing the pedicab, <laughs> and you know. Pedicab, and then call a taxi. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll bring you back to, and then you can call a taxi from wherever. Like we had it set up with four bars the first time. It was Hooverville, Triangle Pub, Central, and Contour. And it was all your first beer was a dollar, and they write it on your wristband. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So keeping a lookout for that, we're going to be doing that hopefully every every month for a while. So what other kinds of things typically go on during a pub crawl? Because I see these popping up all the time, and I'm not a beer drinker, so I haven't, like, engaged in a pub crawl yet, but I've always been curious. What- I'll take you. <laughs> well, usually that's it. I mean, it's just a fun night out. You go and enjoy, because most of the places you go, there's going to be some kind of special for you, uh-huh. for the person that's involved. You're not, you know, you're not going to, these, to just any particular place. There's usually places that are involved in the pub crawl and have some kind of special for the people that are involved. Okay. And that's what we had set up. Your first beer was a dollar. So for four for four stops, four beers, one 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 four was a dollar fifty. You get four fifty for four beers. And down in Pioneer Square, I don't know if anybody's down there all the time, but that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Well, and you've got so. the the little cab taking you around. So for yep. twenty four bucks, you, you were set for the afternoon. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If you sign up early, it's twenty dollars. But yeah, for twenty four bucks on a Friday night from seven to eleven. Uh, four beers for and four you've beers got a and ride. A free ride. You know, <laughs> they do take tips, but I heard that's a really good deal for them price-wise. That's you just fun. call them up and say, hey, I'm here. I need to go to the next spot. I like it. I like it. Well, yes, definitely keep us in, in um, tune of those, and we'll let our listeners know about the next one because they'll sound like a lot of fun, especially now that we actually have some sunshine out here. Everybody is like, what can we do outside? I brought it. <laughs> Thank one of you. our hosts is up from California, and so they brought the sun up with them. Thank you. Okay, so we are going to enjoy the next t- tasting brought to you by Apex. It is their um, 2010 Sauvignon Blanc. It is a 100% blend of Sauvignon Blanc. Um, their vineyard source is Oasis, A&R, and Willard. Um, it is, Apex is one of Washington's most respected wineries, and its three brands, Apex, Apex Ascent, and Brig- Brigman, cover the spectrum from uh, reverse-calibered vintage yard-designated wines to wines that can be enjoyed every day. And if you ask me what that was that I just said, I would have to look it up. I'm going to be looking that up. <laughs> 
Um, all they know is they taste splendid. They have one of the state's most um, inviolable records for awards per wine entered into local, regional, and national competitions. All of the winery brands have received glowing reviews from respected wine experts here and abroad. Um, and I want to make a point. You know, everybody sees, you know, this wine gets 92 points, this wine gets 84 points, this wine gets 99 points, and they're like, oh, well, you see it everywhere. Yeah, but y- there are hundreds of wines that are presented for each individual category. And a lot of times it can take four or five days for these judges to get through all of these wines because everybody is, not everybody, but I believe that, that they open it up to a large amount of people to um, present their wines for these different um, awards to get these points. And uh, there are several very well-respected um, sources to for the, the 94 points, you know, so-and-so, Wine Spectator gave them 94 points or something more local. But uh, Apex has always done very, very well with those because they they try to take a look at it from they know you want to drink it now and they know that they have some more um, wine drinkers who want to be able to enjoy it later. So they do a really great job of blending uh, the two preferences and how you like to drink your wine. Well, being in the uh, beverage industry, I know that for a fact that you don't get those points just by name. No, you get you, it by quality and the work that you did on the wine because in the wine industry, it's a little tends to be perceived as a little higher class. So you yeah. you get those marks because you made a good quality wine, not because of some name or yep. anything like that. I would agree with it. So you guys now have had a chance to taste it. What do you guys think? I mean, I'll, I'll, while you guys are thinking on the flavor of it, I will tell you the wine notes. Bright aromatics of guava, gooseberry, and lemongrass grab you immediately. A zesty and refreshing palate with continued citrus notes, followed by starfruit and angio pears. A beautifully balanced Sauvignon Blanc with perfect acidity that leads to a hint of pineapple on the finish. This is the part in my life where my lisp gets tossed over my tongue when I'm trying to say some of these things. And I go back and I listen and I'm like, wow, okay. This is why we're so looking forward to having Michael Katz back, Katzman back next week, our wine and food go-to guy. He is going to be back telling us um, all about what's up in the wine world and um, talking to us about these wines because he comes from it from a much more educated approach than I do. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's nice. It's fruity. It's not too sweet. For a white, yeah. Well, I've been uh, enjoying whites like Chardonnays and Sauvignon Blancs for a lot more lately than the past year or so, and I like them because they tend to be a little bit drier, but this has a lot of really good uh, fruit notes to it that keep it from being just dry but give it a really good finish. It has a nice but it's juicy crisp finish, and clean, yeah. um, perfect for the sun. That's exactly how I feel. I'm not a white wine drinker. Um, I've actually had white wine two times in the last three or four months. Wow. And when I'm drinking this, I wasn't really looking forward to it. but um, <laughs> Yes, you're going to get the brutal truth. <laughs> I wasn't because I'm, I'm not a white wine drinker. But, yeah, well, you know, I take a big, like, inhale, like, whiff of it to smell it first. And to me, it's, like, tropical. Yeah. And then the, the flavors are so tropical. And then maybe a little bit of apple or something like that. Um, obviously, I'm not a wine connoisseur, especially with white. But I thought this is something I could see myself drinking. Yeah, on a beach in Hawaii, or you know, there on you a sunny deck in Woodville. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. I like it. It has all those fruit notes, and and they think it'd make it sweet. Yeah, you not. would, but so it's, it's very subtle in its presentation. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because everybody likes to think that they have. If if you are an avid wine drinker, you like to think that you have wine knowledge. Uh, but in our heart of hearts, we kind of know where our limitations are, and it's nice to hear different people's opinions. You know, just on a very you know, basic level. So I'm going to give it the the LV Duchess. It's yummy. <laughs> so I have it's yummy. It's delicious. It's scrumptious. And oh heck no. <laughs> well, it's coming like I said, coming from the uh, beverage side. I've learned how to uh, with wines and then even beers. I mean, I sold primarily more beers, but it's the same thing. You don't necessarily like everything, but you come to like its char- characteristics and what it has to offer. Right. And what would you guys drink this with? What kinds of food would you envision having this with? Kebabs. Oh, pineapple, mm-hmm. red peppers, mm-hmm. chicken, chicken beef, beef, yeah. For me, I'm, I must be craving seafood, but I'm thinking some oyster shooters Shrimp. and some uh, tilapia, Ooh. grilled tilapia. 
some uh, asparagus, maybe. Jamie's going. I'll just. I'm just gonna and drink it right now. I drank the bottle that day. <laughs> no, no. Jamie's like, you got me to drink the white wine. Don't push it. <laughs> you would drink it with Doritos. I like that. Actually, Doritos salsa. Chips and salsa. That's great. And uh, to me, that is it. If you are just a person who enjoys wine and you approach a wine, you say, you know, I would drink this with pretty much anything, then it's a pretty good wine. So thank you again to Apex for, you know, being our wine sponsor as well as our location sponsor here in Woodenville and presenting us with two amazing wines. Thank you. Okay, we get to do coming up this week. Every week we try to bring you all kinds of fun, different things going on, different events, different offers. And um, this week's coming up this week is brought to you by Eyelash Candy Boutique. This week's special is call in and ask for the, um, we've called it the intern, but we changed the name and I did not edit that. I'm sorry. Um, get a full set of lashes for $100 or a fill for 50 So uh, if you're listening this week, call in right away and get that taken care of. You can find them on Facebook at um, Eyelash Candy Boutique. We will have them tagged on Socially Savvy as well. Uh, but definitely get that call in the next week because that is going to go away. They have now gotten to a point where um, they'll have, you know, smaller offers, but um, business is good. We like that. Okay, so this week we have the auction of Washington Wine Barrels and Picnic. Stems of Legs is proud to team up with the Auction of Washington Wines for their annual Picnic and Barrel Auction this year, Thursday, August 18th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Chateau Saint-Michel. Uh, for tickets, call go to um, washingtonwine.ejoinme.org, and the promotion code, if you want to get a $25 discount on it, is Stems and Legs. So go to that uh, website and check that out. Chateau Saint-Michel has, is hosting it this year, and they're going to have a myriad of activities on the grounds. And if you've ever been to Chateau Saint-Michel, you know that it is a beautiful setting, um, we're really excited that they were the first ones to be here and basically opened it up so all these tasting rooms could come in and um, really created wine country. And they were they were maybe the anchor store like a Nordstrom's, but you don't have the the same appeal as if you don't have all the little little side shops like the the wonderful Apex and and um, you have the library next door to, to name a couple of other wineries here in the area. But um, they are going to be. Um, having some uh, old and new releases on the premises. The guests will be in, enjoying some of Washington's most coveted limited edition wine releases. Uh, you're going to have a chance to bid on some of these wines. They're going to have it set up with a gourmet picnic fair um, presented by the talented team of chefs from the Tulalip Resort Casino. And typically people don't think of a, casor, uh, of a casino as having excellent food, but I have to tell you, Tulalip throws some of the most amazing food. I had the chance to enjoy their fare over at the Taste of Washington this year. Amazing chefs. And I was up there for a party here a couple of years ago and thoroughly enjoyed their food. So I would highly recommend them if you're looking at doing an event um, and definitely go up there and check them out. Brian, you look like you're in something. Well, I mean, I think it would, when people think casinos, they think Vegas. And, you yeah. know, that's bargain hunting for food when you're down there most of the time unless you pay for... Filler food. But, so, but when you're talking the resorts up here, people go out of their way to go to them because they're not just right down the road. You know, they yeah. sit there and they're a good little drive and you go and stay and enjoy your time. So I think they take a little bit more care and time in having quality stuff. Yeah, so Washington and the the Barrel Auction is really pleased to present them this year. Um, 25 of the state's finest vintners will be offering samples of their still-aged wine from a future future barrel for you to taste or buy. Uh, You'll be able to bid on them um, as well as um, enjoy the taste. The top five bidders will win one case of each of these new release wines. And it, it's so much fun. If you're really a wine advocate, you know, to, to go, I was the first one to get this. <laughs> There's a perverse pleasure in that. Um, John L. Scott is a foundation that will be donating $1,000 for every barrel that gets bid to its fair market value. So if the barrel is um, fair market value is $5,000 and the bid gets to $5,000, um, John L. Scott is going to donate an additional $1,000. Um, so, and speaking of pedicab, You'll be able to get a ride um, on the pedicab to your car at Chateau Saint-Michel. So check that event out. That should be a lot of fun. Love wine events? 
Don't forget to check out www.woodenvillewinecountry.com on their events calendar to find out everything going on in Woodenville, from um, wine tasting to uh, your music events where they join up and have local musicians come in and entertain on the weekends. Uh, special events where you have the winemakers coming in doing dinners and talking about their wines that have come up and, and are up and coming. It's always fun if you've never had a chance to talk to a winemaker. Have, have ever of you guys ever met a winemaker and talked to them? What do you guys think? Yeah, I've, I've met some winemakers and, and uh, beer brewers, and it's it's cool and interesting to hear what they have to say and like how they came up with their style of wine that they wanted to make. Yeah, um... Well, I was introduced to the Bookwalter wine, Winery mm-hmm. for one of the Corks and Canvas painting parties. Yes. And I saw the whole row of wineries there, so I thought, well, my husband and I wanted to go back and experience the other wineries, and um, we ended up going to Roth Andrew Winery, and the guy behind the counter said, hey, what, what do y'all want? I said, okay, we just want to do a tasting, and he knew so much about it, and he seemed so passionate, and I was like, wow, you really care about this winery? He said, well... That's my name on the bottle. You know, I'm Ross Andrew, and he, you know, he goes out of his way to help every single customer. So you can see, like, especially in, like, Woodenville wine country, it's uh, closer to home, and people are around, and they really care. It's their it's their baby, and it's their small business that they want to thrive. Well, and one of the things I think people don't really understand, they think, you know, you know wine is, you know, you pay X amount of dollars, and people are making so much money hand over fist. Wine in Washington is not about making money. These wineries do not make a ton of money. A lot of them are barely getting by. They are in the wine business because they love it. Apex is in the wine business because their winemakers absolutely love what they do, and they, they enjoy making these wines that are going to take the foods that you eat and take them to a whole different place. They're very passionate about what they do, and it is really fun. You know, there's very few things in life where you have people that are behind something that are as passionate about what they do as winemakers. Well, most people come up and think about wine, and they think of Napa Valley in California, but the fact with wine is there's two two spots on the equator, or I mean, uh, I guess it's hemisphere, um, along the earth that you yes. can make wine, and we're, we're and Washington in is in one of them. We actually have some of the best wines in the world, um, and they've actually brought a program to Wazoo, I think, a year or two ago for people wanting to go in the wine industry because they want to keep them close to oh, home. So, yes. Because they actually, a lot of people go out of country and go to Europe Triad and stuff and, like yeah, that, but they that made education. one in-state, and they want to keep those people in-state after they go to school yes. to work here because we have some of the best wines on the world. I believe in the Central world. has a program for um, Viticulture, too. Fresno and State does. They have their own wine. Yeah, it's uh, yummy. <laughs> God, I love it. So, yeah, um, the wine has just brought such a, a unique thing. Uh, Washington wines have not just hit a local market or a national market. That We've actually hit the world market, and we've done it with grace and style. And in the next few years to come, as those wines start to age and you start seeing people pop bottles that are 10, 15, 20 years old, and we start finally really getting that people are going to realize just the quality that we're able to produce. And um, Washingtonians have a lot to be proud of, especially our winemakers. You know, um, when I lived overseas in Japan and Germany, I found Washington wines there. Yeah. And you go to any place and say, do you have Washington wines? And they'll point you to the small section, but there's Washington wines there. I mean, yes. halfway across the world, drinking Washington wines in Japan, to me, it's like unreal. Yeah, it, and awesome. it tells you just just kind of what kind of a reach we have. And, you know, yeah, we're the babies in the market, but we're coming on fast. So if you get a chance, go to your, your local wine tasting rooms. And, you know, I always encourage people, you know, hit two or three rooms. Try not to do too much more than that because you obviously you lose track too much. And, and But you really want to get in and taste these wines and get to know the people behind the counter because most of them are behind the counter because they love it. And um, oftentimes there's one or two volunteers and they're doing it for wine. They're there talking about the wine. They love the wine, and they're doing it for wine. They're not necessarily – they're volunteering. So um, as an industry, it is a, a lot of fun and um, very cultural for for us in the United States. So, I have and, somebody in the industry, sorry. No. I, I, it is fun. It's fun to, well, basically tell people that they're wrong when they think they know what they're talking about, <laughs> but also educate them so that they can explain it right the next time. Well, yeah. That's the fun part about it. I get that all the time going into bars and restaurants. Yeah. And 
Yeah. Getting people to to understand that it's not the culture that, you know, I'm 42 years old, and when I grew up, wine was a very stuffy thing, and it is not that way at all. You walk into any wine tasting room, and you'll see 23-year-olds, and you'll see 63-year-olds, 73-year-olds, and they're all sitting together talking about the wine and enjoying this conversation. Wine, to me, in Washington is one of the few things that really bridges the gap between the demographic, between the race, between all of that. I mean, different, everything. It just gives you a common ground because what's yummy is yummy. <laughs> That's all there is to it. So speaking of wine events um, happening over here in Woodinville, uh, this Thursday on the 18th here at Apex, Corks and Canvas is going to be doing their painting party. And if you have not indulged in a painting party um, in one of the Corks and Canvas events, let me just tell you, um, it starts out with a glass of wine or a beverage, and they have an artist that walks you through painting your own um, perfect picture. And for somebody like me who is not the artist, I'm looking at the artist in the family across the way here, I was not the artist to have um, uh, somebody be able to help me walk through and paint something and, and walk away. I've actually have two of the paintings I've done on the walls, and I could I could tell you I would never have done that. And they've just made it very simple and very fun. So if you're looking for a new experience and you want something fun to do, um, check out corksandcanvas.com uh, and find out when their next event is. But uh, the closest one will be here on the 18th at um, Woodenville Apex Alder Ridge. What time is that? <laughs> They'll start at six o'clock. They um encourage you to come in early, get yourself some, you know, your cheeses and wine, uh, get your first glass of wine, and then they I believe they start painting at six forty five. So very, very fun event. They have several other locations that they do do, um and a couple of them are over here uh in the Woodville area, so very fun. Yes, we like them. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to um, wrap things up here with um, some other fun events coming on in the area. Red, Hood, Red Hook's outdoor movie, The Blues Brothers, is their um, cinema for this Thursday. You can, um, if you're more of the beer girl versus the wine girl, then um, hit up the Red Hook from 6 to 11.30. They are going to be showing the movie The Blues Brothers. So when is the, the corpse and canvas thing completed? <laughs> I was wondering if I could hit the movie after the fact. Well, it's close enough. You probably could. The The Red Hook starts at 6. It runs till 1130. So I'm assuming that they've got some beer tasting first. So you could probably come in here, paint your picture, and dash down the street. Oh, that's awesome. See, that's a plan. <laughs> yes. People don't usually think about that. It's a social plan. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe I could call that pedicab thing. <laughs> pedicab is in, in Pioneer Square. I don't know. That would be one long I bike ride for that pedicab. <laughs> Here. <laughs> so from a non-local point of view, pedicab, you need to be out here in Woodinville. And if you do that, then I want a piece of the pie because I made the suggestion. So I think it'd be great. I want to go door to door. With a pedicab? Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, you Take can, you home? No, you can literally crawl, crawl from winery to winery over here. I noticed that when I went outside. Yes, there's several here. So, Okay, so for more information, go to redhook.com and find out. Um, they do cinemas, I think, once or twice uh, a month different photos, uh, different movies, um, well, so you can enjoy wine, soda, and barbecued food wa- available in the beer garden until the movie starts. Uh, gates open and taps open at 6 p.m. Movie starts at dusk, which is between 8.45 and 9.30, so typically Corks and Canvas is done by 8.30, so you can definitely go from one to the other. Um, you're allowed to bring low-back long chairs, blankets, and picnics. Um, what is not allowed, unfortunately, are pets, barbecues, or outside alcohol, so um, please be considerate. Understand for that modest $5 you're paying, it's going to be a fabulous experience. Um, again, our plan ahead is from Zip Fizz, the healthy energy drink mix in a tube. Um, Bean Tigal is going to be doing their auction, um, 2011 auction, Wednesday, August 24th. Uh, please check out that website. One of our guests next week is the one of the bachelors who's going to be auctioned off. So go to Socially Savvy and check that out. The Kind Truck will be coming to Seattle area August 18th through September 11th. So watch for tons of fun with those events. And they'll be handing out tons of Kind Bars. So if you've ever had a a curiosity for what those taste like, um, swing by. And and we'll have most of the events launched on our website. September 17th, Bellevue Nordstrom's Cosmetics is holding their fall trend show. So if you want to know what's up, hip and hop, check that out. Um, Get a hold of us and we'll book you an appointment. Uh, make sure to like us on the Socially Savvy page, and we want to thank our sponsors of today's show, Apex Alder Ridge Winery here, um, Pop Chips, Paps Beer, Galaza Energy Drinks, Sweet Talk Wipes, Zip Fizz, Eye Candy Lash Boutique, 
and um, that talking rain. So we hope you have a socially savvy week, and we will catch you next week. Take care.